<laughs> Why did three guys cross the road? I think they crossed the road to get away from that horrendous audio, audio clip of Noah screaming into his mic. Sorry that both of you guys had to hear that, but for everyone else, my name's Noah. My name's Matt. And I'm Ryan. And welcome to Three Guys in the Pool Shed, episode 29. We're one away from 30. We're into May now. And Bond and Matt especially, what can you tell us about where we are at in the quarantine? Now we've adapted our lives. It's no longer a shock to us. And now we're just kind of going. We're, we, we've more evolved. And this is the future that we're ready for. Matt Bond, what can you tell us about uh, that? I've realized that living in quarantine is actually my best life. Although, like, it's great to go out to, like, dinner, see your friends and stuff. It's so easy to be productive, uh, I find. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe it's because I've I've built up um, like a wall of distractions, you know, constantly when when life is normal, and now that uh, you know life is at a standstill, like I, I don't really have any excuses to get things done. Uh, so I just find that um, you know I'm banging one project out at a time, and uh, honestly, it's it's pretty exciting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's where my standpoint is. I actually have been really enjoying myself. I want to say while we're here, dude, your poetry is earth shattering. It's so good. Some of the stuff you've been writing, especially in quarantine, I really resonate with. So Bond, let's hear your thoughts. Yeah. For me, quarantine, uh, quarantine's just, I find I'm the opposite of Matt. Like I'm not as productive because I feel like I'm just like wasting all my days in a sense. Like I think I could be a lot more productive. I'm doing things I want to do. I'm, I'm hanging out with the dog. I'm hanging out with the girlfriend. I'm reading extra books. Like I'm definitely doing things. I'm like watching documentaries and all sorts of stuff that I want to do, but I feel like I could be doing so much more. And at the end of the day, I kind of look back every day and I'm like, wait, what did I actually accomplish today? And usually the answer is nothing. <laughs> Usually the answer is nothing, eh? <laughs> now I just find it, uh, it's a funny situation because, like, I mean, for me, I'm not really working. Bond is working from home. Um, so, like, we're kind of in reverse roles, all yeah. of us, actually, because at a time where businesses are closed and there are no jobs, you manage to yourself a job and are working literally six days a week. Wow. So to be a lot of truth behind that is obviously I'm the type of guy who we said this last episode, I go the opposite of the way the wave is. I drive, I drive against traffic, um, except for <laughs> I rollerblade. Sorry, I don't drive a car. But uh, yeah, so I, I found myself a job, obviously at the bulk farm. We've talked about it. We're not going to say where I work, but um, yeah, you, I think you need to find the opportunity in the grain of sand. That is life that you live. So and, Noah, you say you go against the wave here. So yep. does that mean when quarantine's over and everyone else goes back to work, you're going to quit again? That's precisely <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> uh, no, so that is an interesting point. I am working on a few big things right now. Obviously, everyone last week that was listening, they saw my proposal application to the United Nations Environmental Program that the Hockey Sock Apparel Company has now done an official proposal for and applied for that program. So there are big things happening for me in quarantine. And I think when this ends, you're going to see the volcano eruption is going to be Noah. <laughs> the, the transformation from Noah partying university student to Noah adult, you know, whatever that actually means for him. And we're going to see where we, where we go Bond. So yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Hey, that's big. Yeah. I think, I, I think us three right here actually represent a pretty good, like 
trifecta of the three main moods of quarantine. You've got Matt over there who says he's living his best life. Yep. You've got me, the guy working from home, but also at the end of the day, feels like he's accomplished nothing in a lot of cases. And then you got Noah who has gone out there, got himself a job and is now <laughs> grinding out, actually being at work every day. I think these are, these are three very accurate uh, portrayals of how everybody's feeling right now. And what I would like to say about that is you've now seen me, like it's been five weeks I've been working there. I've gone from being the new person who just makes a bunch of mistakes and everything they say, oh, this is a new guy. And now we've started hiring another wave of new people and I'm training them. And all of a sudden you realize, you know, the type of person, worker they're going to be is based on, you know, the teaching and learning that I give them and the wisdom and guidance. So it is interesting to think that, so next, you're shaping the future of the barn. That's what I mean. The next generation of employees, they're learning from me. And I always say this to people when they come in, they say, oh, we're so glad that, you know, we don't have people touching all the food. And I say, well, you, you might be glad, but you got me behind the walls here touching everything. <laughs> so you don't know. Be careful what you wish for. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm employee of the month. So let's keep going. Speaking of employee of the month, it is now our first recording of May, meaning that April has finished and it's time to vote for co-host of the month for the month of April. That was an incredible transition, Bob. Wow. <laughs> just just to uh, recap everybody, Noah won it in January, Matt won it in February, I won it in March. Uh, are we going to stick to a rotation or how is this going to go down? I think I'm going to give Matt the first vote on today. This will be the first time we see a repeat two back, like this is the next lead, right? Yeah, Six exactly. Months. Matt, yeah, so cast in your vote. So this was uh, a pretty good month, a pretty good revealing month, and uh, <laughs> I there's there's been a lot of work that's been done, and you know you got to really put it all on the table, and you got to see what has propelled us uh, the furthest. And uh, I think that I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself co-host of the month. <laughs> Great vote, Matt. I like that. Okay. That's good, Matt. I think you've really stepped up. Hey, that, that's, there's nothing wrong with that vote. I Noah, like that. Noah, you can cast your vote. You want me to go next? Okay, sorry. I just dropped my microphone, so you might not be able to hear me. Uh, okay, so for co-host of the month, sorry, like I said, you might not be able to hear me, right? Um, co-host of the month. Let me see. I got you two, myself. I will say, I, I, I didn't necessarily do anything this month that was out of the ordinary. So I'm actually going to go ahead and I'm going to go right with that and say Matt's co-host of the month as well. <laughs> so Matt, I don't even need to vote. Matt has one co-host of the month here. Uh, Matt's the man. That, Look at him. For that reason, I'm actually going to abstain from voting, which means I get two votes next month. Wow. Did you, did you do that last time, Bond? Or I don't know. Uh, I think I voted for myself last month. Okay, yeah. So this is, this is definitely interesting and I'm happy to have won it. This means a whole lot. Uh, I actually I, vote for I Noah. I don't. Oh my goodness! I, believe, I don't want it to be unanimous. I can't, <laughs> I, you, I can't believe I I beat out Noah after uh, you know he's really stepped up on the editing and does all the editing and all the videos and the six hundred push-ups and the shotgun tournament. Wow! Um, did I? Yeah. So that? he did a whole lot. I'm I'm really surprised that I beat him. I didn't see myself voting for myself. Um, <laughs> so that was that was a surprise. Um, but uh, hey, I'm glad I've got my own back, and uh, it's time to put another trophy up on the wall. Well, and I think sorry for me to go next. I think it's just I, I need to work that much harder next month to try to make. I, sure I think I that's what it must mean. And I think you, you know just what? you slipped up a little bit. Noah, well, that's what it was. You got lazy towards the end of the month. Who cares about 600 pushups? You got to do 700 pushups. That's the real answer. And uh, I think I lost it a lot 
along the way with the shotgun experiment. Um, you know, it wasn't wasn't quite the viewership we looked, but yeah, I'll go back to the drawing board and I'll see what I can do next month. Either way, great month for all three of us, and I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, the two of you come come together with. Absolutely, and uh, I just want to say I'm definitely disappointed in both of you for not voting for me. Um, <laughs> I think I have done nothing but be supportive to both of you and uh, I'll leave it at that. But anyways, moving on to the next segment here, new segment that we will be actually, I started to realize listening back to all our episodes that we have one to two, maybe even three people, but I'm going to go with two people on this podcast. that tend to lie a lot. Uh-oh. They tend to give out uh, false information. And so I want to <laughs> keep those two individuals in check. I'm not going to point any fingers. I'm not going to name any names, <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to keep them in check here. And so for that reason, we will now be introducing a fact-checking segment where on this episode, I will be fact-checking the previous episodes. We've got three facts that were mentioned in the last episode. It was a very opinionated episode. So the first one uh, was mentioned by me, uh, and I was correct in this fact. Oh. I said, <laughs> I said Michael, Jordan, Michael Jordan was worth $2.1 billion, and he is. So pat on the back to myself. Wow, that's good. Well, I'm going to pat your back. I'm going to pat my back just because I was I witnessed it. So, um, so the next one is also by me. This fact oh, wow. was incorrect, though. Oh, I said I said Rene Descartes was from the 1700s. He was actually in his prime in the 1600s. He was born in 1598, meaning that his you know what his uh, philosophy was actually mainly in the 1600s. I swear to God, after you said that, Noah said that he was from the 1900s. So I don't think uh, he did. <laughs> I know that I said Galileo was from 5,000 oh. years. No, I, I said one of them was from 5,000 years ago. And Bond's like, it was 500 years ago. I said, okay. I think it was Galileo, yeah. But, yeah, okay, so then... Continue, continue on, Bond. Excellent. Fact the, check. The last fact check was Noah. And as we can predict, it was a false fact. Noah said that cur- <laughs> curlers are always drinking while they compete at the Olympics. <laughs> um, I did a deep dive in Google and found no evidence to support that. Okay. So if they are, they are doing it very, very sneakily, but there is no evidence to support that curlers are drinking while competing at the Olympics. Noah's an absolute whistleblower in the realm of curling. So, but I, I want you to go back, Bond. You said you didn't find any evidence to support it. Do you find yeah. any evidence that, you know, this disproves it or takes away from it? Like being I would say, I would say going from, uh, we're talking about athletes in their prime. Yep. That they're not going to jeopardize their, their, competitiveness to uh in order just to have a little buzz going while they compete as well as lots of tv um footage i dove through every olympics from 1980 (laughs) onwards watched every curling match and i only found them drinking in celebration rather than during the during the competition so unfortunately i found no evidence to support you and therefore i'm going to go with the (laughs) assumption which i think is a fair assumption to make that you were lying well, I don't like, I never like to be accused of lying because I think that's a very, you know, obviously that's an incriminating term. But uh, as far as both of you are concerned, I would like to bring up maybe one of the topics that we're diving into today as well. I don't know if it's too early for that. But, uh, you know, what does make up the perfect athlete and depending on the sport, right? Because you, you said there, Bond, that because it wouldn't be good for an athlete, but I think curling is a sport you don't know a whole lot about. And I think having a beer while you play might be exactly what you need to give you the edge. Maybe like darts too, right? Those guys just crush yeah. them, don't they? You have to crush beers while you play darts. You're, <laughs> you ever played, tried to play darts when you're sober, Bond? It's the hardest thing in the world. You know, 12 beers later, all of a sudden you're hitting 180 like you wouldn't believe. 
So I think the only way we're solving this is to invite a uh, professional curler on our podcast to actually give us the lowdown behind the scenes. I have, uh, I have no connections in that world. So think, um, uh, it's going to be Aaron pretty Gould tough for me. is a pretty professional curler, isn't he? And so we're not going to go out of our way to say Aaron Gould is a professional curler, but he definitely knows some people that are. And he's, he, I would say he's an appropriate expert correspondent, right? He's, he's learning, but he's in the community. And I think we should bring him on maybe next episode and uh, definitely get the lowdown on what's happening at the curling rink. I, I think from this new segment, it's inspired me to have my own personal segment, not one that really airs, but just one for my own personal triumph uh, is that I think in the first episode or the second episode, one of the early episodes, I said something along the lines of that I love to lie, that I just love to make stuff up. That was literally episode it, one. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, so my goal is to try and sneak in as many fake facts as I can yep. and make them so believable that Bond doesn't even think to check them. That when not only that, when Bond checks them, he still checks them as facts. <laughs> because they're not lies. They're actually just the truth. <laughs> Bingo. That's fine. You guys do what you need to do, and I'll be there to hunt you down. Okay. Let's spit out the truth. So those are the three facts that you picked from last week's episode. And then, obviously, Matt and I are going to be on our game today and see if we can trick full Bond again coming into this week's episode. Um Matt, are you wearing a crown right now? Sorry for co-host of the month. It just seems like there's a halo on top of your head. <laughs> uh, no, that is uh, the lighting that's coming out from this magnificent day. I'm going to have to get outside and start talking to the birds soon. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. That's something I did want to ask you about. Now, highlighting yeah. on the Instagram story from yeah. uh, what, at the time of this recording, was yesterday. Uh, did you get any birds with your bird calls? So uh, I think what happened was the technology really scared them away when I started recording. Uh, looking back at the video when I said there are lots of birds out here and I was like, I don't know if you can see them. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. You could not see them on the footage, uh, but there were lots of birds. Um, none of them landed on my finger. Um, Let's see your finger. They, they, they did come close. They did come close. That's asking and, a lot uh, from a bird to land on your finger. Do you know how hard it is to land on a branch when you're flying? Well, I also was using my arm as an extension, like, you know, and I was wearing a green shirt, blended in with the trees, um, very still. You got to work on your calls. Um, but, uh, yeah, I did. I was not successful, but I will be trying again. And over the course of this summer, I will get various types of birds to land on my uh, body parts. Well, and I think I, I'm glad what you brought up because I think it wants to touch on a subject that I've been meaning to talk about for a while is how difficult flying would actually be if humans could fly. And so my Instagram story yesterday was if birds had legs, they would want to run as fast as they can. A lot of people said birds do have legs. Um, but, <laughs> but the comparison I was trying to draw was that birds have wings and they fly in the sky, right? And we think, yeah. like, oh, how cool would it be to be able to fly? but we all have legs. We don't run that fast. So I actually think flying would be really hard in the sense that only some people would actually be able to fly if we did have wings. And when you talk about the landing on your finger, like when a bird has to navigate the branches in the sky and try to pick a spot to land on your finger, right beside your mouth, like that's a pretty, that's a pretty dangerous right. place to land. But so I had to, I had to put it there just for the sake of fitting it all on the screen. Yes, yeah, fair enough. Maybe I get a live action shot of me in the yeah. wild hunting down uh, birds, <laughs> and uh, we'll see how that goes. Please, please don't kill any birds. Go on, no, no, go of ahead. course not. Of course not. I was just gonna say um, that 
Noah, first off, great Instagram story talking about uh, how, how far uh, or how high birds can fly comparing to humans running. And I just wanted to say on the record that I disagree with you. If we all had wings, I think the vast majority of us would be able to fly because otherwise what would be the purpose of wings? So, well, that's a fair point. Okay. So I, I think it's a fact. I think this is a fact that uh, flying for birds is the equivalent of walking for us in terms of uh, energy spent and difficulty. Bold and, statement and so, to make, knowing that Bond has just announced himself as the fact checker. You see, it's a fact. Well, well, the thing is, the thing here that to also remember is, I think I might get roasted on this one. Is that I, I understand there are flightless birds out there that have wings that aren't being used anymore. Really Let's just relax on those. Yeah, so Matt, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Um, and and I swear that I I read that somewhere. Um, but basically, my whole thought process is they don't look for a better way to do how they do because they don't have the, the same brain capacity. They're not as smart and as intelligent. Um, they just, they live their lives the same way as they always have. Whereas as humans in a way, like we have legs, why don't we run? Well, that's because we've created cars, trains, planes, all these other forms of transportation that will get us there faster than flying. Now I see that combats your point of view in terms of being a, a super environmentalist where you refuse to use any of those human-made technologies because it goes against your social uh, values. But uh, for the majority of people, that is the answer to why we don't run to get to places because it also looks suspicious. <laughs> I don't even think I need to fact check that one. That one seems pretty, cr- pretty true when someone's it running does? away from when someone's just sprinting down the street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like that's a pretty suspicious, suspicious thing to do. Like I get when you're out for a run, but those guys are wearing athletic gear. Like if you're just in your cargo pants going for a run, someone's looking at you like you did. Something. And it's funny that you say that, Bob, because I've also noticed this trend of more and more people, um, like being active and like trying to start their workouts or like maybe they've always wanted to start running and they never have, but this is your time. Uh, so good for them. But it's hilarious because these people must have had no clue of how to do it. And that's why they never did it before. They're like, oh, I really wish I could run, but I literally just have no idea where to start. <laughs> well, I seen these people out here running in jeans. I seen, so like it was a husband and wife and the husband was in athletic gear and she was just running in jeans and it blew my mind because I was like, well, that seems like such a restricting um, garment to wear while, Maybe while running. I have a theory. So my theory is that he is so new to running and she's an experienced marathon runner that she needed to add those restrictions in order to go at his pace because he was going so much slower than she would like to. So she needs to add restrictions to make it difficult for her. That's, that's my a good theory. Point. Or she was kidnapped. I'm not too sure. I hope that's not true. I have another question. I, well, yeah, because Bond, I'd be a witness. I'm going to, I'm going to prison. Well, I have another question about running that I'd like to ask both of you. We've touched on it before, but what is the maximum speed you think a human can run? So you want me to get another fact checked up right off? Well, the no, you have to look it up right now. But how fast do you think you can really run? Because I've like I rollerblade every day, and I can hit like 30, 40 kilometers. But until you're actually feeling the wind on your face and like you're watching the landscape pass you when you're at those speeds, you don't realize how how enjoyable it is to sprint. Like we never really sprint, right? You never sprint pretty much in our day to day lives. So uh, how fast do you think you can run, Bond? Since since I think that this podcast episode has turned into a game of facts. I'm going to lay one down for you right here. <laughs> Humans, the fastest human that, that possibly was ever recorded, okay, 
Uh, it may or may not have been Usain Bolt. I'm not sure. Five kilometers an hour. Keep going. I, I'm going to go with a human could reach the maximum speed of 36.5 kilometers an hour. What? <laughs> That's what I think. Bond. So I, I did actually just do a live fact check. Usain Bolt has the record top speed, 27 miles per hour. So I will have to uh, 27 miles. That over. That's 35.6. Like 40 kilometers an hour. That's incredible. <laughs> Let's get the live calculation here because it's I actually 43.45. Feel- <laughs> 43. Oh my goodness. You guys, have never, hour. you guys have never moved off. that fast in your life without vehicle vehicular assistance. So. Oh, that's not true. I actually clocked uh, 41 <laughs> kilometers the other day on my bike. Yeah, and so. in grade five, I think I came in second in Halton for the 100 meters. So, like, just want to say grade five me was flying. Grade five you Bond? You, you don't know how fast I was going. Grade five Bond was the fastest he's ever been. <laughs> grade, grade five was my peak, for sure. Well, we all, we all, all had different peaks. You want me to tell you where my peak was? I haven't hit it. I haven't hit it yet. So I guess moving on from this, uh, I think we do have a topic today that we wanted to discuss. Um, I think this has gotten a little bit away from us. Um, I think we wanted to discuss uh, the topic of what, what do we define as favorite? Um, I, I'm not going to start on this topic. I'll let one of you guys start on it because I have a very simple answer to the question. Okay, Bond, do you want to start, start on this one? I don't, I'm going to leave this up to you. You're the one who suggested this one in our group. And I really didn't know where you wanted to go with this one. Well, so, so uh, for me, I, I draw a lot of this on to kind of my, my experience in, in studying and learning about psychology. When we talk about memory and when you think of your favorite. So when someone says your favorite movie, are you asking someone, you know, the favorite movie as in the one they can remember the most, uh, the one that they, they watched it and they put it into a category and said, this is my favorite movie. Or is it the movie that, when you were actually watching it at the time, you felt the best. You had the most, you know, whether you could relate to it or, you know, it made you happy or sad. Like you really felt those emotions from it. So I always find when someone says your favorite, you're actually just drawing from your memories of what you can remember the best. But to actually have a favorite, different story. Matt, go ahead. So it's funny that you say that, uh, Noah, because so for me to answer that question, what does it mean? I think it, what it would mean is, what movie have you watched in your lifetime <laughs> that you like the most? Um, I'm going to agree with Matt on that. And oh, okay. for me, uh, I actually try. I, I do agree with what you're saying about you might have watched something five years ago that you were obsessed with for like a week. Yeah. Okay. And you loved it. But then life took over and you and you forgot. And other movies came out that were subpar. You liked them. Um uh, but then when someone asks you what's your favorite movie you're forgetting about that five years ago film and you're just remembering all these so-so movies so you start kind of going through those uh, and then maybe you just give an answer but for me what I do uh, is uh, since I believe that that is true and I I never want to forget things I actually write down um, a list of favorite movies okay Uh, so I I write them down because if I watch a movie I'm like okay well I'm gonna watch a thousand movies before I get to, to watch this one again. Um, I want to remember it and I want to remember why I liked it so much. And so that you can go back there and relive those memories. Uh, so my favorite movie of all time is inside Lou and Davis. Um, but yeah, go ahead. No, nope, that was good, Matt. Uh, 
So the only thing I want to add to it is, is I guess, I guess I see where you're coming from, Noah. But at the time, favorite, I agree with Matt in the sense that favorite is just something you like the most. So for example, something that happens often with people's favorite songs is your favorite song is usually only your favorite song for, I'm going to say, a month tops. And then you move on to something else. So at that, if we're going to go with that, then it has to be what at the time is the thing you want to listen to the most or for example favorite movie it's a movie that you could always turn on and you'll want to watch it so things you like but then we also get sick and tired of that because i think that the novelty kind of wears off and then you find something better you find something new that's why music's always evolving there's always a new favorite there's always something new cool same with tv shows same with movies like we're always advancing always progressing and that's because we always have new favorites new things that we like about certain things right so your, your tastes change as you over listen to a song uh, for example, I'm the type of guy, I, when I hear a song I like, I listen to that song on repeat for about a week, and then I don't need to hear it for another year. I'm pretty good. Um, but that's just me. So that, that's what a favorite means What's to me. What's your favorite song right now, Bond? My favorite song you right now? Dance Monkey for a little while. That song was Dude, so Dude, Dance good. Monkey was hyped me up. Uh, so right now, I'll be honest, what fires me up is the Tuzi Slide. By the Tuzi Slide. Dude, I'm, I'm really big into that one. It's just stuck in my head at all times. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, and then also like my favorite artist right now would be Morgan Wallen, country singer. Uh, yep. So anything he's putting out new is kind of like my, he's as, as my favorite artist, different than my favorite song. I like listen to almost all his music. I just think he has a great voice. Uh, but right now the song that I'm just crushing while I'm in the shower or just crushing while I'm uh, sitting gaming or something is the Tussie slide or maybe, uh, maybe I'll throw in a little juice world or something. Uh, uh, right now I'm into the hip hop, which is pretty rare for me. I'm usually a country guy, but right now I'm, I'm feeling some hip hop lately. Obviously rest in peace to juice world, but I like yeah, those. I like seriously. Those. Matt, you're about to dive into what your favorite movies are. And I don't even know the one that you just brought up. I've never even heard of it. So I would love for you to go into depth on exactly what we're talking about here. Matt, go ahead. Uh, okay. I mean, if you really want it, I could, I could read from the list, but, um, read from your heart. Forget about the list. <laughs> but something I wanted to touch on with Bond is uh, the song thing. That yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense uh, to me because you listen to one song, you get obsessed with it, you move on to another. Um, so I think in a way you can have multiple favorites of something. And depending on what it is, the word favorite has a little bit less value. Like a favorite song, unless like it's you're constantly moved on it and you have a case where you've listened to it for decades. Um, then that's a different story, but I think that's rare. Whereas you can have a favorite song, be obsessed with it for a week. I think you could still call it like one of your favorite songs. It just, I think in the song world, favorites, just the value of the word goes down a whole lot because you'll have multiple of it. Um, as for the artists, now that's interesting. That's something for me personally has not changed uh, in a very long time. Uh, my favorite uh, artist is the Avett Brothers, um, and I've been listening to them for you know years upon years upon years, uh, to the point where it's like I literally, I, the lyrics um, that they write and the words are so inspirational to me that I, I like I write them down. I have um, like every single lyric ever made written in a word format. So e like even just to read them because I think it's there's I don't know there's something about it that speaks to me. So that's obviously, that's a good case. That would be a good argument for why it's my favorite. Um, whereas I think a lot of people don't have that connection with their favorites. So that's why it's, it's uh, less, like, less taken seriously. Well, but I, uh, some of my favorite movies, though. 
Go ahead. No, I, well, I, well, I just want to say, I think for me, it's so difficult to draw my favorites because I'm so in the moment in the sense of like, when I'm listening to a song, I go, wow, this is the best song I've ever heard in my life. I don't necessarily hold on to that title later on, whereas I really like to enjoy things as they're happening. And I think there's a lot of credit to a lot of different, whether it's songs, movies, moments, that uh, they are actually spectacular and phenomenal. And, you know, they could all be the favorite. Another thing about favorites is a lot of it depends on your mood. So uh, and your the emotions you're feeling like for me like I could sit back and be like oh my favorite song is this but like if I'm in a real happy mood like right now um yeah my favorite song is the Tootsie Slide but if I were really sad coming into this my my favorite song maybe something by the Avid Brothers something uh, a little deeper and more meaningful because sometimes you just got to be with your feelings you know you've got to accept so it the, and you need that I found the list um and I have not had a favorite movie um since. January 30th, 2018. <laughs> of a all the movie movies you've not, watched, none of them make it in the favorites. A movie has not cracked the top, whatever, how many there are here. Okay. Um, so the first one, uh, Inside Lewin Davis, that's my all-time favorite movie. If you haven't heard of it, go check it out. If you like folk music, you'll really like it. If you don't, then if you like independent films, you'll probably like it. Um, if not, whatever, don't watch it. Uh, oh brother, where art thou? <laughs> oh brother, where art thou? Is pretty good, Bond. You've talked, you've watched that one. I don't think I've ever seen that. Okay. Uh, based, so it's based on Ulysses. Uh, yeah, Ulysses by Homer. Yeah. And uh, I like that. Yeah, it's got George Clooney. It was a 2000 movie. Uh, very cool, very cultural. Um, so I really liked uh, American Psycho. Uh, you like that movie, guys? Yeah. Christian Bale. Yeah, Christian Bale. I I actually have never seen American Psycho. I've, I've, it's always been on my list, like something I've wanted to watch, but I just never really have. Okay. You should watch it. Uh, the movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix. That's an that's a really interesting one. And one that, I mean, you kind of, you and I both, even Bond, we all look like Joaquin Phoenix. So keep going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, a movie called Like Crazy with Antoine Yelchin, okay. R.I.P. Uh a movie called Five to Seven, also with Anton Yelchin, R.I.P. Um, another movie called Drinking Buddies, that's with um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's with New Girl. If you ever watched the the show New Girl, um, Zoe Chanel, great show. No, not not the girl, the guy. Okay. Yeah, okay. which guy though? Um, Bond one, loves Bond loves love, New Girl. Love, you can tell you all about with. New Girl. The one who she's in love with. Oh, dude, I love that actor. Great yeah. actor. Yeah. Um, uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for the Peculiar Children. Yep. Uh, if you like time travel, that's a pretty uh, pretty intense one to watch. Uh, also has a great love story that goes along with it. Uh, but anyways, that's, that's more or less most of them. There's a few others on there, but I won't dive into all of them. But that's just something I do to keep track of things that I really like. Because it's true that we forget even about the things you like the most just because you know, life happens. And I try to avoid the the time, the moment when you see something that you really love and you're like, oh my God, I love this. Like just, it, that's too overwhelming of an emotion for me. So uh, I try to avoid that at all costs by constantly uh, watching my favorite movies um, here and there uh, just to, to avoid the uh, nostalgia. Bond, so Matt, go ahead. Go Matt, ahead, do you find that you, uh, you, you kind of maybe suffer from a bit of hindsight bias keeping this list in the sense that you 
have worked, built up these movies so much in your head that no movie is going to top them, even though you haven't watched them in years. And these other movies are probably and most likely are way better. Um, I'm not saying that I'm chirping your movies. I actually haven't seen many of them, but I'm just saying right. like, so, you, but a you, favorite... maybe you watch a new movie yesterday and you're like, wow, that was mm. a great movie, but it doesn't beat out my old ones. But really you watching it, you, you just have this such a big, well, like bias of your old movies. <laughs> I don't know. Like, do you think that's how you the movies? The movies I watched yesterday were National Treasure 1 and National Treasure 2 starring Nicolas Cage. So I can guarantee you they do not crack my top 10. All right. So uh, the, fact, the fact that uh, National Treasure 1 doesn't crack your top 10 just shows the taste in movies you have. Well, so, but you got to remember favorites isn't, a, isn't about like what's better or what's worse. It's, it's really just a list of my own. So to counter what you said, um, no, I don't think that happens because I repetitively watch these movies. Okay, that's good. So that, that's that's maybe what I was if asking. If I can get this, the same um, emotional draw from them, and that's actually why I didn't list some of them. Like, I think this list was compromised and was turned into a list of like movies I should watch because there's a movie on here called uh, The Discovery, and I actually recommended this movie to Noah, and he watched it, and he said he hated it. Um, and is that's that the is that the movie that's about finding the afterlife? Yeah, with Jason oh, Segal. Yeah. With Jason Segal, I like that yeah. movie. I turned it off. I, I really yeah. like Jason Segal, but I, I didn't like the uh, the concept of the movie's great. I just thought it was really poorly executed. I I did like it. Um, you know, I think obviously the uh, the loopholes were a bit uh, I don't know repetitive. Another movie actually that I really like is About Time. Um, if you like a good love story, you also like time travel as well. Is that Rachel well, McAdams? Watch that movie. Yeah, that movie's oh. sick. Anyways. Oh, also, um, World War II in color. That's a great show. Uh, um, also, think, uh, Imitation you... Game. Sick movie. Imitation, movie. Imitation Game is a great movie. So, so I, will... I think where what I do is I try to allow myself to have as many favorites as possible yes. to kind of avoid obsessing over one. Like I can easily say that Inside Lewin Davis is my favorite movie just because of who I am as a person and uh, what I like, like hobbies and stuff like that. It just is relatable. But Bon, I do see what you're saying. Um, also, like I said, I haven't updated this list so to, uh, since 2018. And I regret that because maybe there are movies that would have cracked this top 10 and I never wrote them down, which is why I've forgotten about them right now. Interesting. Interesting. So I got to go look through Netflix and look through well, every movie I watched. And watch what I like about that. what you said there, Matt, is that the idea of a favorite, they are our own. There are personal things and they, they can evolve, but also be almost as a reference to the things that you really like in comparison to anytime you watch a movie, you say, well, how does that stack up against my favorites? And do they make the list? So obviously Nicolas Cage, National <laughs> Treasure 1 and 2. No, okay. Yeah, like, oh man, I'm watching this guy's movies and, and Nicolas Tough Cage is, Tough Nicolas actor. is the worst actor of all time. He's I'm going to put it out a, there right now. I am he not is the worst. Cage. I don't know how this guy is an actor. And I thought that National <laughs> Treasure was actually a movie that he was good in. So that's, that was just what my memory had told me. And so I was like, let's watch National Treasure. We got to watch it. And so we put on National Treasure and I'm, my mind is blown. Just like the responses, like the guy's being arrested for stealing the Declaration of Independence. And he's like, well, someone had to do it. <laughs> I, will say, like, I will say, Matt, pretty good impression. Yeah. I, I will like, say it's that. It's so I, mundane. And but do you, guys remember, 
do you guys remember when like there was this time and it was probably when we were in like grade eight around the time of national treasure kind of coming out that Nicolas cage all of a sudden was in every single movie that came out for like two years <laughs> the source of apprentice ghost Rider. he was ghost knowing he- oh dude oh my god don't even get me started on ghost rider dude that <laughs> ghost rider <laughs> is the worst movie of all time dude with that being like, said ghost rider birthed the marvel cinematic universe that was right oh, before they Iron should Man. be embarrassed well, 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 he's not in the he's not in the mcu well, no but that's what i'm saying it's like ghost rider is was he in big... anything or is it, is it nicholas cage world that's where he belongs he that did his own crazy. world you know what though but i think he'd be a great person he's just a terrible actor like he's, I bet the he's same a nice person. guy yeah. i bet he's i a have nice a theory guy. I have a theory that Benjamin Franklin Gates is exactly Ghost Rider. It's Ghost Rider. They're all the same person because there is no difference. There's no discrepancies between every single character he plays. Wasn't he in a disaster movie as well? Knowing. Uh, like, uh, knowing. 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 Come on. Dude, is, was that the same guy? Was that Ghost Rider? <laughs> Literally, was that Ghost Rider in the knowing? You're, you're right. He has one. He is one person, and that person is in every movie that Nicholas. Like, Cage. I just don't get where like they thought Nicholas Cage has the capability to have these powerful one-liners, where just like it showcases his toughness. And I look at Nicholas Cage and be like, "Dude, you are so scared right now. Like, why are you acting like this? Like, let's get out of here." And he's just like, "Oh well, if it's for the family name, I guess I got to do it." Like, just awesome. Like, I'd love to role play and just be Nicolas Cage. Like, I would love to read, like, the manuscripts and before, play the parts. Before like, we do like trash him, him I'm going to say God in 60 Seconds. Unbelievable movie. That was in the 90s. Um, obviously, he had his time. I think he was more of a 90s actor that they tried to bring into the 2000s, which was challenging for them. Also, though, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, I believe it was, um, also a really good movie, Nicolas Cage. So, I think when we watched it at the time, he was exactly what we needed in – you know, early 2000s. But when you look at the scope of the 2020s, you're like, this guy, he doesn't fit anymore. And you know, So what I'll say is, is to jump on that is, I don't think that him being a bad actor, like disallows him from being in good movies. Like that National Treasure is a good movie. I, I actually yeah, enjoyed the movie. Such a good like, movie. I, I might go back and watch that again. Cause I'm like, watching it, it today. <laughs> it's engaging. And I think like he is such like, he's, he's a, he's a cult actor now to the point where you want to watch his movies just to get a laugh. Like the only reason I watched National Treasure 2 was solely based on his performance in National Treasure 1. I said like, it literally has to get better than this. There's and National Treasure three too, isn't there? It's no, it's coming out like so. We, that's what we thought. Oh. It's Wait, in production. It really? I thought it already. I in, thought there was a National Treasure three. That's what we thought, and we tried to look it up, and then wow. we finally Googled it, and then so as of uh, January 2020, they were like in the process, I think, of uh, post or uh, pre-production or making it or something. Um, but I would imagine, due to everything that's going on, it has been stalled. Yeah, but, that's fair. Uh, it's coming out, and maybe that's something we should have like a watch party for. And, uh, or maybe I'll watch the movie first and then I'll play all the parts. Like I'll, uh, I'll deep face Nicholas cage. Oh, me and <laughs> Nicholas cage just so I can play the parts better than he is. Well, and I think that's the real truth is that Matt, you are growing into Nicholas cage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. It means Noah thinks you're going to rob the declaration of independence. Oh, dude. <laughs> Like to think that guy went in there and talk, like I could talk, I could literally have a whole episode just talking about Nicolas Cage's acting and like all the moments because you talk about one moment and then you talk about another, like everyone's freaking out. People are being shot. Oh, that's another thing. Dude, in this movie, not a single person knows how to shoot a gun. 
Not a single person. Well, I think a lot of movies. I don't. I've been. I've never shot a gun. I don't even know how hard it is to yeah, shoot okay, guns or not. Like, you see how they're portrayed in the movies. I don't know if they're even that easy to shoot at each other, right? Well, yeah, I've never done that. I have no idea how hard it would be. Like, people unfortunately get killed, but in these high stake movies where it's literally me, you one on one, and I'm missing you left, right, and center. These guys are supposed to be like trained professionals, like trained assassins. You know, so uh, I feel as if, like, obviously they have to miss on purpose because um, That's you know, the I, hero can't really get killed. And I always feel like Dude, there's you... a part where he's literally using the Declaration of Independence <laughs> as a shield, like with with the in the frame. Is it he's effective? It as a shield. <laughs> but yeah, is... it stops the bullets. No, it's in bulletproof glass. It's in bulletproof glass. Oh shit! Okay, so that's just me being stupid. <laughs> Yeah. That's literally the- I imagine I, I haven't All seen right, it in fine. so long I imagine Nicholas Cage 1 Matt 0 <laughs> well, I, I think Bond is left with a lot of fact checking today so um, yeah I think that was really good for our, our favorites I'm glad we, we were with that, yeah, that. can you check that fact ball that Nicholas Cage is the worst actor of all time like that it has to be a statistic I will I will make sure that I look it up. I'm not going to do it now because I want to save <laughs> yeah, it for yeah, next yeah. episode. No problem. No problem. But uh, I also kind of want to hear other people's opinions on who the uh, worst actor of all time is yeah, we'll drop a question bar down there. Um, also, I've got this new thing where like, so you know like how to interact on social media and you are trying to grow your page, obviously. So like you want to jump in on people's questions. But you know what I'm getting really irritated of? Well, the next topic of today's episode, what is the difference between your early teens compared to your early twenties? Like what are some main things that you guys know? Obviously life has changed and stuff, but um, 10 years have gone by since I was 15 years old type thing. What do you notice as like the biggest changes in your early teens compared to your early twenties when you're starting to get more responsibilities, kind of life takes a bit of a turn. Let's, let's nail down to a few changes. We'll keep the topic relatively short, Okay. but uh, let's, let's try to dive into what, what does it mean to you? I think the biggest difference is you compare kind of puberty and then what that means to being in the twenties when you have your first taste of almost freedom and being an adult, right? That's my first topic. And like in your teens and your early twenties, I think you're, you're dealing with similar challenges that you're trying to really discover these newfound powers in your own body and your own mind that you didn't have access to before. So when I thought about this, um, basically this is how I divided it up. These are two eras where I find maybe happiness um, is pretty easily attainable. Whereas in your early 20s, now you maybe have money. So you're starting to work. So you're able to do yep. things. Um, you're, obviously, your interests are a little bit more um, refined. Also, you can drink and party with your friends. And I think that um, that's a big thing. It's a very popular, uh, popular activity. Uh, not to mention maybe like girlfriends like this and that, blah, blah, blah. But then if you go jump back to like your early like tweens, um, so you eliminate the drinking, you eliminate the money, but you have this sense of freedom. And then you also have just like the ability to be more imaginable, um, larger imagination. Uh, you can basically still do whatever you want, um, but your interests, you, you're not so concerned about, uh, trends and this and that, but that also around that time is. So I'll just agree with Matt. I think Matt made a lot of good points there. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing to mention is uh, I just remember like when I was 14 is when I got my first job. And I just remember like around that time was I was out by 
biking all over the place with friends. Like that's what you did. You would bike to random places to hang awesome. out or go to a park or something, play grounders, yeah. chill. And then all of a sudden, 24, uh, like instead of biking around handing out resumes, I was just emailing resumes to try to actually get a career. Like it was yeah. kind of, it's almost like similar in a sense that at the time I was trying to get my first job. Now I was trying to start a career and like I ended up starting my career, uh, getting stuff happening like that just after spending, I don't know, like it, it's similar, but different in a lot of sense. As Matt said, like you're more free when you're older, but you're also less free. You have more responsibility. So you're not as free. But then when you're 14, like you got to empty the dishwasher. So responsibilities were pretty high at that time too. Like if you came home, if I came home and my dishwasher wasn't emptied and the dog wasn't walked and my mom just got home from work, there was consequences. Well, you're telling me you still don't have to deal with dishes right now? Buddy, I do them now, but it's not as much. Those are like my low end responsibilities. Like yeah, I got a lot of true. other responsibilities. I got this, I got this Let's dog of, to take care of. Think about the difference when you're like 12 and 22. <laughs> and so I don't know if you guys heard what I said about listening to Akon don't matter, but uh, wow. that was a pretty, that was a, bit that a, was a crucial reference. part. Yeah, that was a crucial part. I was saying when you're 12 years old, you know, you maybe you first, yeah, you get a crush and you, you're lying in your bed just thinking like, wow. Whereas like now, obviously you like having a girlfriend or being a lot more experienced in that realm, like it's, it has different values, but like what is better? And I don't think there is a better, I think it's just like, I don't know. It's, I guess it's a very like reminisce type uh, topic where we kind of just reflect. Um, but I remember just like as a kid having essentially no worries, like your biggest worry was like having to go to school the next day. And like, how bad is that? Like think about now you'd be like, I'd love to go to grade six right now. Dude, grade six, I would shred whatever math they were trying to throw at us, whatever <laughs> fractions, anything multiplication, I would dominate in grade six. That's what I'm talking about. Vaughn. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm just going to go out on a limb here, Matt, and I'm going to make you look like just a shit guy just to stand yeah, up for fine. myself here. But uh, you mentioned what's the difference between now when you're, you're with your girlfriend compared to back when you were listening to Akon thinking about your crush and you asked, <laughs> what's better? And you said, neither one was better. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say right now is a little better. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> the difference, the difference between an artist and a scientist is uh, a lot to do with the uh, emotional um, relationships we have with ourselves. And, uh, you know, Bond, I, I'm diving in right now to realms that you can't even fathom. Like, you know, the, butterfly, <laughs> the butterflies in my stomach right now are fluttering just <laughs> thinking about thinking about laying in bed, dreaming about, think uh, about your first, thinking yeah. about your first kiss. Oh, my. See, you're right. You're definitely a lot more in tune with your emotions than I am with mine. I, I'm pretty aware. I'm, I'm not that. Well, and so the question that I want to ask both of you guys right now is, would you, like where you are at 24 and 25, would you be happy with where you thought you were going to be at 15? At 15, when you pictured 25, is that where you ended up? And is that where you want to be? I didn't think I would live this long, to be honest. So, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. Fair enough. Right? If, I want, if I want to please 15-year-old uh, Ryan, I got a lot of work to do. Oh my goodness. So I'll tell you like 15 year old me, if he knew that I was vegan, he'd be pretty stoked. Actually, he'd probably think I was, he wouldn't, you wouldn't even believe it. Um, and in terms of some of the jobs, the fact that we have our own podcast, I think 15 year old me would be pretty stoked about. So that's what I think you need to imagine is like 15 year old, you didn't even have a job at the time. 
and probably had never even spoken like really kissed Dude, a girl 15 year old me had two had two jobs was working <laughs> grinding away so I, I don't know what 15 year old Noah was doing but 15 year old bond was grinding it out so uh my my grade uh, one teacher uh told me that i was destined to be a radio talk show host you're kidding because I, wow because because i wouldn't ever shut up in class <laughs> uh, so she she is the reason behind three guys like literally I, I was just thinking about that the other day i was like wow like that's i never really connected the two but i was like this is like modern day radio essentially with no commercials i was like she was right this was my calling i mean she wouldn't have known podcasts were coming like so she radio she wouldn't is the know. Next best like, unless she was from the future did I miss out on a Nicolas Cage moment? <laughs> <laughs> so the one thing I'll say to, uh, to also kind of add to what Noah said there, like, would you be happy Would 15 year old, you be happy with where you're at now? I think he'd be happy with a lot of stuff, but I also think like 15 year old me had no. a very different like aspect of what he thought a 25 year old was. Like, I think I thought 25 year olds were like full on adults. Like I would own a home. I'd yep. be making yeah. 300 grand a year. Like I'd be set and all this stuff. And it's like, you, you almost forget like, Oh, you got to put in the work right now. So that's, I'm at the, I'm at the putting in the work right now. I think I just underestimated how long it would take. So I give myself another six months before I'm making 300 grand a year and um, Perfect. own at least three mansions. So that's probably all it would take. 15 year old me just thought you went to university and then you just partied a lot and then you got out with a degree and then you realize how much like hard work actually goes into one partying a lot is hard work. And you know, obviously all, all the stuff, university and everything else. So I completely agree that, that our younger selves, we don't actually know, we don't know what it takes to be an adult. That's part of growing up bond. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, this was insightful. I think I, I, again, it's all about underestimating. So Matt, I know you want to uh, discuss a pet peeve for today. Yeah. So uh, before I say what the pet peeve is, I like to, I don't want to say, don't look at it as like an exactly a pet peeve. Like I absolutely hate this. Like there are parts of the story where it's like, I've, I've been known to say I don't like, um, uh, but just, just look at it as a story and let's, let's hope the Wi-Fi doesn't cut out because, uh, oh, that this would God. be the third story I, I've told today that didn't make the cut, even though I do think that you guys have a switch. Uh, and when you see me talking a lot, you hit it, which, uh, lags my, <laughs> my Wi-Fi or whatever. So here's, here's how oh, the story goes. Us. So for those of you who don't know, I, I used to live in Vancouver, just like Bond did, um, and I, I made some good friends and I haven't, I, it's been what, uh, five years for me since, uh, since I moved back and, uh, I try to keep in touch like here and there with people. But one thing uh, I think I've been known to say is that I hate like catching up with someone if you haven't seen them in like over, I don't know, let's call it like two years because there's just so much that goes on. And like, if you never really interacted with that person, do they really care? Uh, and so basically I posted a story and it was of my upcoming craft beer talk show release date or something. And this person uh, responded to my story with a very uh, vague kind of like, like, Hey, it's been so long type of thing, but it was just one word. Okay. Which was my name. So uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. So I reply, I see this. And for some reason I didn't get the notification. So I go back and I see this. Uh, and I reply and say, oh, wow, it's been so long. And so the, the catching up process now commences. 
and it's actually going great. I'm like, oh, you know what? Like, <clears throat> this was someone who was really close to me when I was out there. Uh, I had like like three really good friends, and uh, I hadn't talked to this person in a while, and so we're catching up, like exchanging like paragraphs of like how our lives are going, where we're at our lives, what are we doing? And I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I don't hate this um, as much as I thought. And this is actually the second time that that's ever happened to me where I thought, wow, I know I usually say I hate this, but I'm really enjoying this right now. Um, that's the second. So congrats to the first person too. And uh, anyways, and so exchanging all the paragraphs, but you know what happens? So all these questions get asked and this goes back, I don't know, four or five times. And then I finally send one with questions in it, more questions like asking, like whatever, like, oh, glad to hear you're doing this. Oh, glad to hear you're happy. Oh, like, oh, what does that mean? That's super cool. I'd love to hear more about that. And they just arbonned me. They ghosted me. And I just like, I think the pet peeve in all of this is what kind of person reaches out to, to, to catch up with somebody and then just ghosts them like at the end. And I was just like, kind of caught off by this and usually it wouldn't play that big of a factor on me but i was like thinking i was like oh wow i'm really enjoying this catching up but then just to be like hit with one of my tactics like a cold-hearted tactic that i would dish out and there's a chance this person like i even promoted us in this thing maybe that's what turned them off but uh they, there's a chance they listen to this and if they're listening to it it'll be interesting to see if they respond to me it's been three days well, and I think getting ghosted, like what is the best way to tell someone you're no longer interested? Like, or you say, Hey, sorry, I, I didn't, I didn't want to continue this. Well, obviously uh, this, this was a bit like, I don't want you to like, not like there was like, um, like it's just a friend. Right. So like yeah. in the term ghosting with just a friend, it's just like, well, what does that mean? Like, I guess obviously um, maybe they just weren't interested in the thing that's like, what has happened? Because like there was questions I asked, I answered questions they asked. And then I asked more questions, but that this set of questions, they decided to just not even, not even respond on. Yeah. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to defend the other person for a sec, because I actually used to be a lot. I think I probably am still a lot like you where like, if you're catching up with someone you haven't talked to in a bit, you kind of, it kind of sucks when they don't respond to you, but I have actually been guilty of doing what said person did to you. And I think a lot of times it's, it's unfortunate and this sounds really bad and I don't mean it in a bad way, but it's kind of like, I don't, they don't see you on an everyday basis. They don't really talk to you all that much anymore. Honestly, they may have closed down the conversation, kind of forgot they were having the conversation with you and never actually truly saw and read your message. And now it's just gone by the wayside. And that does kind of suck. I so think I've they, been guilty of it, but I've usually gone bad, back and been like, oh, hey, sorry, like didn't see this or something. And I usually mean that. I know it's a big excuse a lot of people say, but it's just kind of like this, uh... there's other things happening in life. Since this happened over Instagram DM, I can see that they have read it, that they have seen the message. No, that's uh, the thing. Only- so like with Instagram, I don't know if anyone else has this issue. I don't know. Maybe it's an Android issue, but like there's times when I'll get an Instagram message, I'll open it up. There actually is like, there's a new message, but it doesn't appear on my screen. So then I'll exit out of it, but it looks like it's been read. But then like, I have to wait a day for Instagram to actually show up with the message. And then I can actually read what they said. So it's kind of weird, but I know it's, it's show scene as if I've opened the message. So by that time, if they have an Android phone, maybe Instagram and Android just don't get along. I don't know, but uh, that's a possibility. Or maybe that's just me and my Instagram's just buggy. So I don't know. It has been three days since this has happened. Um, so like my thing is that this person probably would have seen it by now. Um, 
but you know what? At the end of the day, like it's okay. Like you're saying, Paul, obviously like we don't see each other on a daily basis and it was nice to catch up. I just think it's a bit um, ruthless. I think, I think why I'm so caught up with it because I, it's usually me the other way around being like, I don't want to talk to this person anymore. Uh, I need to get out of this conversation. I'll just end it. And now I've been done dirty. They got that, me. That's fair. And so I think that's probably why, why it stings the most. But uh, this will be an interesting update, and the countdown is on to see how, how long it takes for them for, to reply. So It could be years. I, I'm actually glad you bring this up, Matt, because I wanted to also bring up a new, a new segment called Deep in the DMs. Uh, and it's where I just reveal funny interactions that I've had in the DMs uh, with other people. And I'm just trying to find mine right now because it's absolute gold. Uh, one of the ones, I won't tell you who said it to me, but uh, obviously me being the single guy out here, continuing on almost from our story from last week of the bulk bar and romance, um, that person is never coming in. Or I don't know, maybe, maybe they are coming. We don't know what's happening on their end of the world, but I know what's happening on my side um, and that I'm still here. I'm still waiting at the bulk bar and every day I work with a smile on my face and I've, I've been showering while I've been working on my, <laughs> my, my experience and everything. I'm trying to be the best bulk bar and boy I can be so that if they do come in, I'm ready for them. And I can help. Um, I can help them. But yeah, Bon. Can you talk about something for like two minutes just while I find a DM? Actually, I have something to say. Let's go. Uh, I think that on this this podcast, this is. I think I don't know. Maybe when I listen back, I'll change my mind. But I feel like this has been the most insightful podcast where we've actually maybe tapped in to what emotions people are actually feeling, and even given each other um, some advice and some. Um, <laughs> like just uh, some of our thoughts. So I think that, that this has been a, a new, a first for the three guys here. So I found a DM. <laughs> oh yeah, let's go. And it says, Noah, Ooh. this isn't a joke. You're too attractive. Awesome. <laughs> to smell so bad. Oh. <laughs> oh. So I won't There's tell no you anyone's name, but I'll just give you a little background. This is someone that I've known and I probably haven't seen them in years. Like they don't even, I, they don't even know what I smell like right now, but I do know there's a specific interaction that we had. That was a summer's day in, um, it was in September and we got pretty close where we could actually smell each other. And it was a tough day for me. I was sweating all day and I did smell really bad, especially that day. But so, you know, how do you, what is it all about how you look or how you smell? Right. Both. both. I think, I think there's a big factor of both there. Yeah. Let me let me just read that one more time. I'll get you the full the full exposure of it. So it says, Noah, this isn't a joke. You're too attractive to smell so bad. And then it has colon left bracket. So it's like a sad face. Wink. Oh no, no, like no, a no, crying colon. sad face. Yeah, we're talking full colon. Full colon, oh, eyes, full colon. Left bracket, sad face. Like this is just like, come on, you need to get it together. That means wow. that they were they they wanted to have an experience with you and be with you and give out a chance of romantic relationships with yes. you, and, and, and if, they they couldn't bring themselves to do it because of yourself, Noah. And that I'm sorry to hear it, but uh, I mean, do you think it was true what they said at the time from that interaction? Oh, this oh the DM was sent like a week ago. Yeah. Oh. 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 Yeah. So. That's interesting. So to me, if you haven't seen them in years, they've been thinking about this for years and they yeah. finally mustered up the courage to send it. So I think what I, you need to do, did you respond to it? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Do you want to hear my response? Kind yeah. Of. Okay. I said, you don't know what I smell like now, but thank you. 
And did they respond to that? Yeah, they said, they said, look, Noah, I can smell you through all the videos you're sending. You still smell bad. <laughs> That's what they said? No, I don't know. We, we go through the whole DM list. You're, the whole, I might, I'm super intrigued right now. I'm really into this conversation. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I, guess I, can, I guess I can dive into a little bit more. I, I feel like you shouldn't, the- like, I don't know. I almost feel like you shouldn't reveal your conversation with someone. They probably won't be too happy about well, it. Well, they, they don't even also- listen. It doesn't even matter, right? I don't, I'm not worried about what they're... What you do they're what you saying. want to do, man. And they come out and chirp me like this, you're going to get exposed. That's what I mean. I'm not going to say any names. But yeah, it says... It makes my brain and Noah sad is what they said. And I said, it's not about changing the way you smell. It's about finding the girl who likes it. So that I think actually is important. If we talk about pheromones and like um, your kind of immune system chemistry bond, I think you know a little bit more about this. I learned about this in evolutionary psychology and that like way we smell people is based on um, our, our contrasting immune systems so that they complement each other. Correct, Bond? I actually don't know anything about that. I guess maybe I'm just teaching you guys about all this. I, I never realized yeah. that maybe no one else learned this stuff. So yeah, no. basically um, evolutionary psychology is that sometimes we like the way someone's, their, their smell is, and that is a, um, a response to our immune system. So we don't necessarily want immune systems that are really, really different from ours or that are really similar. So it's kind of somewhere in the, in the happy medium, and that's so our offspring can have the strongest potential immune system. So that's why we like the way we smell each other or we don't. Wow. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're welcome. So I'm, six, I'm excited to look into that fact. I'll tell you that. Well, Bond, Bond, the fact checker. Anyway, so then the next thing I said is, and then, so this is what they said. So I said, find the girl who likes it, winky face. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm playing the game here, right? I'm swinging the bat. And then they said, or who doesn't have a sense of smell, probably the easier play. And I went, wow. Wow. So they were just, they were literally out to get you on this. Yeah. Oh yeah. They got my number. And the thing is like, when you're in the DMS, you never know what's going to happen. But I think that's important to say is that we're all playing the game. It's a DM, right? You're not, uh, it's there. The consequences aren't huge and you got to make sure like, you know, we're just here. It's the DMS, right? So yeah, I think that'll be the way I look at the situation is one, Noah, you've obviously impacted this person so much to the fact, to the point they have to, to DM you about it and, and come clean also i think this person um maybe has some inner inner battles to work out Uh-oh. uh to the point where as they can't overlook uh something due to like basically they're they're talking about two different things here looks so looks is obviously really important to them um and clearly smell is as well this says nothing about who you are as a person uh and your character so if anything, I think that this person uh, is a lot more shallow than, than you, and you are the, the greater person. So if anything, uh, I think this is a win for you. And uh, this person can obsess with the fact that, that you had a smelly day and they can get on with their it was lives. It a tough, tough day for me that time, but I think Bond, you and you. You and know what else they can do? Yeah. <laughs> know what else they can do, Noah? Yeah. They can mind their damn business, all right? <laughs> and Bond, is that why three guys crossed the road? I think that's why three guys crossed the road. Down here. Yep, so, so I figure we'll start off with... Actually, I've got to pull up... Give me one sec. i got to pull up the uh, fact checks from last week. Yep. There's only two. I hope all the facts are Noah's and I hope they're all lies. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you for visiting the Pool Shed. That was episode 29. Stay tuned for next Tuesday for episode 30. And don't forget to bring your pool noodle. Song, play the game, artist, Delmar. Just a reminder if you haven't already, like, right, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Three Guys in the Pool Shed.